0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Okay, so you're
2: you're off the workforce for an extended amount of time, maybe a year, two, three, whatever, right?
3: Maybe you decided you were going to stay home and have kids. Yeah. Or maybe you decided you were tired of the...
2: Corporate grind.
3: And you were going to move to Australia and be a ski instructor.
2: Yeah. But then that kind of fell apart, and then you came back into the corporate grind again. So you pass your resume around, right? You put it out there today electronically, LinkedIn and whatnot. You sit down for that first face-to-face job interview after that absence, and they say, where have you been? Does that make a difference?
3: It doesn't make nearly as much difference now as it would have 10 years ago. Says who? Article in the Wall Street Journal today uh, by Sue Schellenberger. Love her. Don't you love Sue? Employers are rushing to interview applicants with resume gaps as long as two years, according to a recent study of more than 36,000 applications by the resume writing service Resume Go. This is a marked change from a decade ago. So this is what they're talking about. Um, Well, Let me give you an example of a person. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, Noah Kane. He's 32 years old lives in Baltimore, Maryland, okay? Um, he made an idealistic choice to join an environmental nonprofit company as soon as he graduated from college. That mm-hmm. was his first job.
2: And he made okay? $2.10 and an hour. And that
3: is exactly what happened, mm-hmm. though he was promoted twice. Mm-hmm.
2: To two forty an hour.
3: Right. But he was working so many hours. Mm-hmm. And finally, after two years, he was worn out. He said, I'm so done. I I can't even pay my rent. So he took a career break. Mm. He did odd jobs while he taught himself to code, and he built a freelance portfolio. After about a year, he landed an entry-level job as a web designer and developer. I mean, really like bottom rung. But since then, he's been promoted twice at a company called Duckpin, which is a digital marketing agency in Towson, Maryland. And now- He's the director of marketing and strategy.
2: Excellent. So he found his way back in.
3: So he did a thing, realized that it was a bad fit for him. He couldn't afford to work at the environmental nonprofit, took a break, kind of reimagined himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm came back into the workforce and now he says because of the skills he acquired by having to reinvent himself he's now even more successful in his current job than he would have been if he That's wouldn't good. have taken the break
2: makes a lot of sense now the key word in that in that sentence you read employers are rushing to interview applicants because so many people are employed right now right Right, The job pool is thin, so they're going to look at people that they never looked at before. Exactly. Such and is the case. Okay,
3: so let me tell you about an, another person here. Um, this is another person by the name of Leander Angst. Took a break after four years working in a Boston cybersecurity consulting firm mm-hmm. to train... As a ski instructor.
4: <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> he, he
3: left cybersecurity and became a ski instructor. Then he took a five-month job, as I said, in Australia, a place he'd always wanted to live. Yep. Right. So while he was outside, he said he became psychologically healthy. He was able to kind of calm the heck down mm-hmm. after the crazy Boston cybersecurity company. right? And he kind of came up with a new plan for how to find a new career in a whole different field. I like of it. environmental consulting. He said that five month period where he was doing the ski instructor thing gave him the headspace to think about how to tackle things next. That's
2: really good. Look, I, I'm not hiring anybody, but you know, the, the hirers around us, I would think that someone comes in like that. They'd be a little more appealing because it shows some chutzpah. Someone willing to end one thing push their passion forward, and reinvent themselves, as opposed to someone who's just riding a desk or sitting in front of a terminal. That's a little valuable to me.
3: Yeah. Okay. So put yourself 10 years, though, in reverse and think about the job market wasn't nearly as tight then as it is now. And I think at that point, America was still kind of coming out of the era of my parents worked in the same company for 45 years. Exactly,
2: right, right, right. Right? That mold was there. Right,
3: and so when it came to women deciding to stay home with their kids when they had a baby, that was a gigantic gamble you were taking. I mean, I remember when I did that, I had already switched careers one time. I had been in a certain career path. I went back to school, was in a different career path, was having a baby, and I thought- You're done. I'm done. What am I gonna? I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do at this point. Who's gonna hire you? Right. But then I thought, you know what? I feel like this is the right thing for me to do. I need to do what I think is the right thing. But I knew it was a gamble. Yeah. If that was happening today, I don't think I would see it as nearly that big of a gamble because of statistics like this.
2: Yeah. Because I just think it's the age of people are reinventing themselves a lot more than they used to in the past. Our father's time long since gone.
1: Right.
3: All right. I like this. Me too. We often talk about contemporary life and say, you know what, man, we've really blown it. You know, we're really, our priorities are screwed up. In this instance, I feel like we've really learned something. I agree,
2: yeah. How about, I I always like this. You hear stories about guys or girls who, they, they followed a career path for 10, 20 years, and then they want to become a pastor.
3: What is that? We know a couple people like that. We
2: sure do. Mm -hmm. They have stopped. They've stepped out of corporate America and said, "I'm going to go and follow the Lord, and I'm going to go to seminary, and I'm going to preach and teach." See, that's gutsy.
3: It is gutsy, but I really like it because you. One of the problems in whatever career path you, you get in is tunnel vision. Is you only consider the opportunities and the strategies that are right around you and everyone who's right around you has the same ideas for thoughts and strategies and so you never get out of your thing
2: or you get locked into your paycheck and you think well, i've got a mortgage i've got three kids my wife there everyone's depending upon me i can't step right, away because that's got to keep that's going. true
3: but i mean as far as ideas if if you're with all the people that you work with who are in your industry and you all think the same things and consider the same options yeah. having someone from a completely different career path come in gives you a whole different perspective. See, I really like that. Mm -hmm. I like people that kind of open up the possibilities, kind of think bigger thoughts. It
2: takes some chutzpah.
3: Okay, now let me tell you this though. I talked to someone here at the station who handles a lot of hiring. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, you know, this is an article in the Wall Street Journal just asking your personal viewpoint. You hire a lot of people, how would you look at this? He said, I'd be happy to hire someone who had a two year gap in their resume but I wouldn't be the first employee. Yeah, I wouldn't be the first top. So if someone, oh. he wouldn't, he doesn't want to be the first person, he doesn't want to be the, the first foray back into the workforce after the two-year gap.
2: Because he thinks that's a gamble?
3: I think he thinks it's a gamble. I think from his perspective, he says, well, if I look back and see someone took a couple years off to do this and that, I think that's fine. But I would rather see that they already have another job that Mm -hmm. they've proven themselves in so that I'm not taking that big of a risk.
2: Because that person could appear flighty. Right. Or right? right, there's a risk, a gamble involved. So he
3: wants to see a little bit of what have you done for the workforce lately so that I can see that you've proved yourself and now I'm willing to jump in. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's interesting because uh, I know who you're talking about here and and a position came open and, you know, uh, people without any broadcast experience at all would send in resumes in the hopes that they would be able to find their way in the back door. Right. Right. People willing to take a shot. Sure. But it's few and far between it doesn't happen like that anymore.
3: No, it's it's I mean it it's tough. It really is tough right now. But I'm excited because I think this gives all of us a more dynamic possibility for mm-hmm. how we look in our workplace. What makes
2: you happy? I think right my dad used to preach that all the time. Um you know it's and that wasn't one of those okay, things Okay, wait, like let me ask you a question.
3: Passion. Let me okay. When you graduated from high school? Yeah. And you and you decided that you wanted to actually go to college to study acting. Yeah. Did your dad, who was a blue collar worker his whole life, did he say that you were absolutely out of your mind?
2: No, my dad said you go and do what makes you happy. And all really, the, yeah, and all around him, I remember like you know, my buddies' dads—they were dentists. One guy was a lawyer. You know, they were like, "You're crazy." You're going to suffer. It's not going to be a good career path. Do not do that. And my dad was like, go for it. Because my dad, you know, he was a musician and he regretted not following that path. So he got locked Mm. into marriage. Then he worked, you know, in a blue collar job for many, many years. So I think he saw vicariously me picking up his thread. And so he allowed me that freedom. And thank goodness. Because a lot of guys that I knew who were actors, their parents were like, oh, this is the worst, horrible, don't do that. I like the idea of it. You know, the idea of following your passion? Right.
5: It's a I long know. life. It's a long
2: I life. I Who is wants a long to get life. sucked and into a cubicle? I tell my guys like that, don't die in the cubicle.
3: Right, and think about this. We would never have known, you and I would have ended up in this job for a decade, right? <laughs> but we couldn't have no. ever done this job if we wouldn't have That's had exactly all it. the other jobs we'd had that were in very different Sectors of the economy. Don't you think? Incredibly diverse sections.
2: All jobs lead to something else. And if you're so inclined and if you're passionate and engaged and you are always trying to work that road ahead, then you're just going to be a better person for one thing, a better employee for another. And who knows what God has in store for you to open those doors down the road.
3: So it's the perfect time to take a risk.
2: I think so. Yep. Okay, we'll take a break taking a risk. Speaking of that, we're going to the White House in a few minutes. Greg Clarkson joins us. Usually it's a Monday as we start off the week, but it's a Tuesday visit to the White House straight ahead. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM, WPIT Radio.
3: Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare's confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but on quality, with lower deductibles and co pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out of pocket expenses? Call 724 884 1496 or visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com.
4: 101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef.
0: Today, the gospel of Jesus Christ, as the only way for salvation from the judgment that is to come, has been replaced by the gospel of tolerance and by the gospel of political correctness. Even some of the elect today have opted for entertainment instead of the preaching of the Word of God.
4: Passionately proclaiming uncompromised truth here on Leading the Way.
2: Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville.
0: at extremetruck.net. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with JD Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at j and Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from
6: it. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net to discover godly teachers and great classmates near you. That's PittsburghChristianSchools.net, PittsburghChristianSchools.net.
7: I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental
6: habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock.
7: I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy
8: is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care.
6: Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com.
8: You have my word on it.
2: Salem Radio Network News. Greg Clugston joins us from the White House. Greg, happy Tuesday to you. How are you, sir? I
9: am doing well. Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. Good to be here.
3: Always good to have you, Greg. Now, for all of the uh, difficulties and complexities of the impeachment debate, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, it seems like President Trump's decision to withdraw troops from northern Syria has actually garnered him exactly zero friends at this point in the political spectrum. Talk about what the conversation is at the White House about it.
9: Well, the president just a few minutes ago at an event unrelated to Syria or Turkey or foreign policy, he had the St. Louis Blues here, the Stanley Cup champions. But he uh, he did make a couple of remarks about uh, the unrest and the chaos um, regarding Syria and Turkey. He is dispatching Vice President Pence and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to uh, Turkey, so they're leaving tomorrow, and they're going to be um, having meetings in the Middle East this week uh, to try and find a resolution or get some help in terms of uh, stopping this offensive. So, basically, a little over a week ago, you had the you had the president say, okay, U.S. troops are going to be leaving northern Syria, and that region has been a real. You know uh, controversial and 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 problematic region uh, right on the border between Turkey and then you've got the Kurdish um, the Kurds who who really wanting to take over that territory. And they were fighting Syria on one side, and now they're facing Turkey on the other without the U.S. troops there. And, you know, you've got not just Democrats, but, Kathy, as you mentioned, you've got a lot of Republicans and a lot of allies of the president yeah, who last week were very, very unhappy about the president's decision to pull troops right. out.
2: So American troops are pulling out. The Russian troops are moving in. And meanwhile, people are dying. It's, it's just a complete it's and total a... train wreck. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the president's right. You know, you, know, you don't want to be the... Um, Um, the world's policemen, but at the same time, lives hang in the balance.
9: Right, and he mentioned that just a few minutes ago. He said, look, uh, our military wasn't really, uh, you know, they weren't engaged in, in warfare. They were doing more policing work. Um, And while certainly there may be any number of Americans and conservatives and supporters of the president who agree that um, American soldiers and the country in in general should not be involved in what the president calls endless wars, the United States um, does continue to play a very important role in, um, in international matters. And this is one example where we didn't have a large force presence there, but it was large enough all this time to, um, you know, to to prevent Turkey from moving in and uh, and attacking the Kurds, Mm -hmm. who had worked with the Kurds, you have to remember, worked with the U.S. forces to fight ISIS. And now you've got a lot of captured ISIS fighters who have been freed and are sort of roaming around. And um, it's 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 unlocked. um, a real problem um, region there, um, and it's it's unclear exactly how it's going to be cleaned up right now.
3: So how does a a policy like that – what's the discussion post-decision, I guess, is my question for you. So the president made the call. We now see what the fallout's been in a very short number of days. I mean, how, what, is this a national security uh, advisor role? Is this a, as you said, Mike Pence is going over there. I mean, how, how, how do we figure out what to do now?
9: Well, it would be it would involve all of those factors. You've got the National Security Council, um, which uh, contains members uh, you know who are experts in the administration on on the on that region of the world and those countries that comprise that region. And so they have their own contacts and their counterparts in those countries. So there's communication taking place between the u s and that region of the world. On, on many levels, and we've had at least one phone call that we know of between President Trump and the Turkish President, where uh, the White House says that President Trump was you know essentially calling for a ceasefire on the part of Turkey um so they're trying to unwind the uh, the military offensive that we have seen take place here over the last almost a week now, and what what's problematic for a lot of members of Congress of both parties is that there was no heads up given whatsoever, no consultation with members of the Foreign Relations Committee and other pertinent committees on Capitol Hill that would have you know, jurisdiction in this kind of uh, decision-making by the White House. There was simply none of that ahead of time. And now it's just a uh, cleanup effort. And you've got, as we've already mentioned, the Vice President and the Secretary of State heading over there, uh, leaving tomorrow.
2: Right. I mean, the, fam- the President famously says that he makes a lot of decisions based upon gut feelings i wonder if he's second guessing himself now but uh, well
9: and there are a lot of people john that are are doing that second guessing if not the president himself
2: yes. you're right srn news white house correspondent greg clarkson is with us so greg uh, let's talk about the president in a little more deeper detail the democrats are deeply organized and energized to push impeachment hearings now where are we because uh, we understand there are hearings that have been going on behind closed doors
9: Yeah, hearings have begun, and we've got, um, and there are a number of depositions that are are going to be taking, and these are several hours long hearings that are not public; they are behind closed doors on Capitol Hill, and so any of the information we get from them uh, is going to be any any information is going to be released by people who were inside that room, and they, and they may color that information uh, however they view the topic. So if, you, if you've got Democrats that are talking to reporters about information, or Republicans on the committee, that kind of thing, um, it's going to be different information based on the perspective. So we're relying on these reports in terms of what we can actually report on and, and what we're hearing about. It, just as an example, a lot of these officials are State Department or Trump administration officials. Some are current, some are former officials. Officials and they would have had um, input in uh, areas of Ukraine and Russia. Yesterday, you had Fiona Hill, who was a uh, former member of the administration and a Russia Russian expert uh, for the United States. She was, uh, you know, talking behind closed doors, and apparently, she raised a lot of concerns about several individuals inside and in and around the White House, including. Uh, a former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani who has been serving as we all know as this sort of you know unofficial um, representative of the United States but really a personal lawyer and friend of President Trump and she's she's raised some alarms on that and then we're also hearing that she talked about John Bolton who was the recent national security Advisor who was very alarmed about Giuliani's activities and the activities of some other key figures in the administration regarding Ukraine, uh, and sort of getting back to the whole content of what the whistleblower report came out a couple of weeks ago in terms of inappropriate contact between our two countries. So uh, we're going to, we're, we're most likely going to get, you know, dribs and drabs of, of what these hearings are producing on Capitol Hill. There are a number of uh, scheduled testimonies later this week, as well as next week, from former and current administration
2: officials. Wow.
3: So, of course, the first question that comes to mind is, is just a surmise. So, so is that why, John, Bolton resigned. Did he resign his position uh, simply because he had seen the Giuliani thing and was uncomfortable with it? Had you know raised the specter of it? Didn't get a response, and so said, "I'm out."
9: Yeah, he is not, to my knowledge, has not specifically addressed you know the reason other than you know he had some um, you know difference of opinion with the policy of the administration. And President Trump was saying and suggesting after the fact, after it was announced that Bolton was leaving, that he had had some. Um, You know, there was some acrimony or there was some ill feeling between Bolton and other members of the West Wing staff. Um, There were no specifics given on that. So it was just sort of given as, okay, they they had their, you know, term in office together, and it was time just to part ways. But um, if this testimony is accurate, for example, about the concerns that – that the National Security Advisor Bolton apparently had, and apparently he was so concerned about the activities of some that he wanted the the legal counsel, the top lawyer in the National Security Council that deals with national security, um, to be notified of these activities. You know, that's sort of ringing an alarm bell from on the inside. And uh, there are are any number of uh, political commentators and and other officials and even Democrats who are saying, wow, if this is true, Bolton should be commended. They're saying that they don't agree with Bolton on policy and on his conservative view on things. But if he saw something as an American, as someone who was a former member of the, you know, a State Department official, um, former ambassador to the United Nations, if he saw something that was really that concerning to him and he reported it, they're saying that that is something that... that, uh, is to be commended but again we don't have that information firsthand we're relying on those reports coming out of those investigative hearings up on capitol hill i see
2: greg with uh, just a, a few minutes left let's move forward to talk about tonight's democratic debate once again it's a, a crowded stage uh, any idea what we can expect
9: well you've got a dozen democrats on the stage tonight i think the last two uh, it had been narrowed down to, to 10 candidates so right. you've got 12 now and it's, it's already a packed stage and adding two more um, because of the, uh, you know, the thresholds that were put out there by the, uh, the qualifying thresholds by the Democratic Party. I, I would say there are a couple of storylines that seem to be uh, taking shape in advance of, of this latest debate. Obviously, you've got Joe Biden, um, who's not just running for president you know, in the Democratic primary, but he's wrapped up in the entire Trump-Ukraine right. impeachment deal as well. And the role that his son played and and the role that Biden himself played in terms of he was vice president when his son was sitting on, on the board of a Ukrainian gas company, um, taking in a lot of money, apparently. And so the question is, you know, what, what kind of judgment led to that sort of an arrangement? Because whether or not there was anything that, that was done wrong by the Bidens, and, and the sun in particular, and there's uh, and there's disputed evidence as to whether that's true or not. There was there will be some people who look at that and say, just by definition, it appears to be a conflict of interest. Sure. If you've got the vice president who's dealing with Ukraine policy on behalf of the United States. And his son is with, you know, involved in this company that was seen as corrupt. So we'll have to see how Biden takes any questions um, on that subject tonight. And then, obviously, you've got Elizabeth Warren, who's been rising um, in the polls, and there have been a couple of polls showing her pulling ahead of Joe Biden, who has been front and center at the top of these polls ever since he announced, even before he announced his running. So we'll have to see how she she does in this new position tonight.
3: Right. But then looking at Elizabeth Warren's, um, the, the video clips we've seen of the town hall she did a couple nights ago, nice. that is so antagonistic to people who are concerned about religious freedom. I think, you know, it's kind of interesting to see them, the Democrats jockeying for position. So how much are they going to tear down one another? And how much are they going to stick together in response to the impeachment or the, in response Response yeah. to the conservative agenda on the other side.
9: No, that's right. I mean, yeah, not only just on the Biden thing, are they going to see that as an avenue to attack? You know, somebody that, that who may be vulnerable, but also when you're talking about religious freedom, mm-hmm. we're talk, talking about tax exempt status for churches and others when it comes to Beto the O'Rourke, you know. Right yeah yeah the beliefs on on marriage and biblical values and the biblical definition of marriage and 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 all the rest and 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 Beto O'Rourke and others and and o'Rourke went the went the furthest at that town hall last week and really saying yes um tax exemption status should be removed for churches uh who don't support lgbtq agenda items essentially and so there are any number of um conservative you know religious conservatives who are very concerned about um, these very things, and it's also no. It's worth noting that President Trump addressed the Values Voter Summit Saturday evening here in Washington D.C. talked for about an hour and twenty minutes, sort of gave a, a his sort of rally um, content speech at the at that event. But obviously, he was speaking to religious conservatives, evangelicals, and uh, he was reminding them that he has been faithful in delivering on a lot of his promises when he first ran for president.
2: Well, Greg, it's always thrills a minute, is it not? Lots going on. Yes, there is. Thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your wisdom and your reporting here on our show. Glad to do it. Thanks, guys. Greg Clarkson, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg at com.
8: Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and again, the Prager Store has put together something new. They have compiled every male-female hour since 2010. We've had topics and calls about marriage, kids... Dating, intimacy, fidelity, the truths about what a woman needs, what a man needs. Also includes every segment with my friend and relationship expert, Allison Armstrong. I've done this segment for years. Now you can listen to all of them dating back to 2010. These hours have literally saved marriages. I wish I could read to you all the emails I have received and what people tell me at every speech. The couple will come over with a smile and thank me for what the male Female hour has done for their marriage, or even gotten people to get married to begin with. For a limited time, the complete collection 10 years of the male female hour, 50% off. Available on flash drives or as a download, go to pragerstore.com.
10: At the original mattress factory, we don't chase trends. We focus on one thing quality. We only use the highest quality materials to build our mattresses and box springs. And we put all of our products through the ringer, testing new designs and materials at our test center in Cleveland, Ohio. If a new feature or technology doesn't offer a true benefit, we don't put it in our products. At the Original Mattress Factory, our focus is on what makes a great mattress, not a great markup. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
5: At the Original Mattress Factory, our mattresses and box springs aren't just American-made, they're hometown-made. Our products are hand-built one at a time in local factories using only the highest quality materials. And each of our employees is also an owner. So when you purchase from the original mattress factory, you're not only getting a quality mattress at a factory direct price, you're also supporting your local economy. Visit an original mattress factory location near you to see what Hometown Made is all about.
6: Nello is very easy to work with. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. We had become aware of several churches that are using their building during the week as a community center, and we wanted to go that direction. They were able to grasp that, make suggestions that helped us along the way, and they were conscious of our financial constraints and were really good at helping us to see ways that we could do that within our budget but within the space that we were developing. Got a vision? Begin the journey at nelloconstruction.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at indeed.com/hire. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net
11: This evening will be pleasant by October standards. Later on tonight, it'll turn cloudy, followed by rain beginning toward daybreak, although it will be 53 rain through the morning. Otherwise, it'll be cloudy, brisk, and chillier tomorrow. We start the day in the low to mid-50s and fall to the high 40s by the end of the day. Gloucester and colder tomorrow night. Clouds in a shower with a low 42. Stray early shower Thursday. Otherwise, cloudy, windy, and chilly with the high near 50. With the AccuWeather forecast, I'm Frank Strait.
2: Hey, Carrie Endwood was in town last Saturday night, and she's so cool. Uh, She is, along with Dick's Sporting Goods here in the city of Pittsburgh, empowering women's sports across western Pennsylvania. Uh, Armstrong School District, Fort Cherry, Riverside, Slippery Rock, and Burrells High School, they all received $20,000 checks from Dick's and the Carrie Underwood Foundation for student athletes. The cool thing is that um, the Burrell High School homecoming queen, a young girl by the name of Sarah Novak. She and a classmate, uh, Hannah Kozorski, they were, they were student athletes. Their homecoming was Saturday night, but they passed up homecoming, even though she was the homecoming queen, passed up homecoming to go and uh, meet Carrie Underwood oh, yeah? and then do a workout session with her, which is something that Carrie Underwood does apparently before every show okay. with a personal trainer. Then they were awarded a check. They thought they were going to go and um, choose an outfit. Uh, Carrie Underwood apparently has this something called the Kalia line, which is a, a, a workout line All that right. Dick carries. They were able to do that, but then they were surprised by this check, and even more so surprised by meeting Carrie Underwood. The um, like, uh, Hannah Novak, or Carrie, Hannah or, uh, H- 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 Novak says she's still sore from the workout session, mm. and she was surprised that Carrie Underwood was so tiny. She's five three. Uh, Carrie Underwood is. And uh, Anna Novak says she's 5'2". It was really cool to see her in person, and the concert was amazing. So isn't that fabulous?
3: It is fabulous.
2: Yeah, so Carrie Underwood, kudos to you and the Dick Sporting Goods. Hey, we'll take a break. In a few minutes, we're going to talk to a, vi- a bivocational pastor. This guy's a stuntman. He also works for the government. And on Sunday morning, he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's talk uh, in just a few minutes, yeah, with a pastor who's really, Mike Scheib, working life from a lot of different angles. Stick around for that.
12: Mm-hmm.
6: 1.5 W.O.R.D. In many parts of the world, China, Africa, India, Southeast Asia, people have never heard, have never heard, the name of Jesus. Even if they have, many lack their resources to learn about it. FM has teamed with the Bible League to send God's Word to the world. $5 will send a Bible now. $100 will send $20. Give now at wordfm.com keyword Bibles or call 1-800-YES word
13: oh wow it can't be oh yes yes
4: yes oh where have you been if you snore the first time you use mute can be quite an experience (laughs) i can breathe i can breathe snoring can happen when your nose is blocked forcing you to breathe through your mouth Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. (laughs) Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth, which means less snoring and more chance of sleep.
10: Oh, that's the best night I've had in years.
6: In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute, breathe more, snore less, sleep better.
7: What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church, and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself. And this morning, I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn.
2: There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call 412-849-3224 or visit PAATC.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. What you want is awesome new flooring
6: at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit
1: athomeflooringpgh.com. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know how to make it all work, there's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at SurroundPittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. I
5: get-
3: Our next guest has a combination of skills that I don't think we've seen before in our studio. So if you combine federal security contractor at the Center for Disease Control, movie stuntman, and pastor, you think, well, that's got to be clearly three different people. But no, it's one person. It's Mike Scheib from Jesus Fellowship Church in Bethel Park. Mike? Welcome in. Hey,
2: thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's our pleasure, Mike. So we read about you in the Tribune review. Yeah, I mean that's cool. You know, um, you're following something that is really interesting, right? You're a pastor.
3: You're following several things that are really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
2: got a mixed bag when it comes to life. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just You know, do what you got to do and. A lot of different things. <laughs> so tell us the story. Okay, so uh, you initially uh, were not a believer at an early age. You no, found no. Jesus later on. No, so I was raised Roman Catholic um, and about 16 years old uh, in
14: high school became an atheist, ardent, hardcore, militant atheist, okay. um, hated God, hated everything about it. It was during the like the height of some of the Catholic abuse scandals that were happening back in the 2000s. Yeah, um, And just kind of progressed through college initially and then... Um, I met who would become my wife. I was uh, teaching her at the karate school I worked at for a okay. number of years. Okay, and her dad was pretty instrumental. She introduced me to his name was Tony Catania. He's the pastor of the church uh, initially, and he challenged me, and and it was dynamic to hear him speak. And I had never heard anything kind of like the gospel that was being presented. Yeah. So long story short, he uh, was used instrumentally in, in in the Lord saving me, and then. Obviously, you know, I got the wife out of the deal right. too, so that was a great <laughs> two for one. That was great for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he passed away three years ago from prostate cancer. He had uh, yeah. actually, from the moment I met him, he had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. So oh, I never knew really? him in like a healthy kind of state. Is that right? But man, the grace of God and and probably a little bit of his stubborn will. He uh, he battled through that, and um, when he passed away last in it was 2016, August August 2016, um. I was installed as the lead pastor. I'd been kind of in an associate role, assisting him with stuff uh, for years prior to that. Had you gone to seminary? No, I had not gone to seminary. I actually did an eight-year like internship with him, and he mentored me through stuff, uh, how to interpret the scriptures, how to study, how to preach, how to you know counsel with people. Um, and he went through that whole process with me and then the church was kind of already in this state of like, they knew me, they, you know, when the transition happened, it wasn't a big shock. I mean, he was obviously sick for, for several years. And then when he did pass, it just kind of, it was, it was a very smooth uh, transition.
2: you. Good for you. Wow. Okay, so then, right, you're you're a young married guy. You've got this karate thing you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been training for years. Right, you found your way into stunt work in the movies. Now, there's a lot of things that are being shot in and around the city of Pittsburgh. Right. How'd you unlock that door? Well, uh, through no effort of my own, actually. It was uh, completely
14: providentially through other people just setting things up for us. So uh, it was in 2016, I think, beginning of the year 2016, I was doing a... Uh, Worked for a buddy of mine on a, a horror film, actually, up in Newcastle. Some asylum that's up there. Now, what do you mean you were doing work? Uh, I, was, I was working on the movie, and I had been doing some special effects with him. This is a, the gentleman in the article named Steve Tolan. has a local studio here. He does a lot of movie special effects, theater special effects, all that kind of stuff. So I had been working with him and uh, some associates of his on this short, and a guy at the shop was like, Hey, man, there's a meet-and-greet for one of the TV shows here, the stunt crew. You should go down and talk to people. Introduce yourself. You know, you've got the martial arts background. I was like... Ah oh, man, sure. That sounds like the, the worst thing ever to go and talk to people. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really like that. But I was like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll get my wife. We'll go down. Yeah. Uh, it's a meet and greet. What's the worst that could happen, right? So after working two overnights uh, at night for this film because it's a horror film, so it has to be at night. I'm exhausted. I'm driving down 79, slapping myself in the face to stay awake. And we roll up to 31st Street Studios at like 8 in the morning, and there's guys out there practicing with their weapons and warming up. And I'm like, this is not a meet and greet. This is an audition. I'm like exhausted. My wife actually brought our son, who was two at the time, because we're like, oh, we'll be in and out 30 minutes, you know, no problem. So I got a two-year-old in line with all these other (gasps) people, like 80 other people auditioning for this show. And I'm like... What am I doing here? So, like, hours go by, and it's like 11 o'clock, and we're like, we have to get some food for my son. Like, yeah, he, yeah. I, I just drove straight through, and, you know, I'm starving, and we go up to the front of the line, we're like, hey, guys, you know, we have to withdraw our names, we have to pour ourselves, we got to take care of the kid, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, oh, why don't you go, just go now? I was like, well, I wish I would have known that before, I'd have <laughs> be, <I'd> be jumped <laughs> right to the end of the line. Um, but so we go up, and we actually, my wife and I auditioned together. You know, we, we did this little scene they had us improvise. Cool. My son's cracking up as he's watching us fight and go through this choreography. And the guy comes up to me afterwards. He's like, why aren't you doing this professionally? I, was like, I didn't know you could do this stuff professionally. Nice. Um, and then from that point on, we started working that summer. I worked several episodes on that show. It was it was fantastic. It was kind of like the, the bridge into everything. So
3: Excellent. you were doing what on the show? You were a stunt double?
14: I was not doubling anyone. I was what's uh, called utility stunts. So it's basically whatever we need. If you need a guy to fight, you fight. If you need a guy to just dress up in a costume and, and fall to the ground, you dress up in that you know role it's it's very
2: broad i say broad broad category so what's that like i mean you're doing some things that have some degree of difficulty or danger i mean when you sign a piece of paper are you wavering away your life
14: uh i mean there is a lot of injuries recently in the stunt community um a couple people have died serious injuries uh one uh, lady, she just lost an arm in a motorcycle accident with a camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of danger, and it's inherent in the nature of that business. It's why they're bringing in someone and paying them so well to put their body and potentially life on the line. Um, but what I did was marginally pretty safe. I mean, it was like a lot of fight choreography because that's my background with martial arts, um, and 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 a lot of more basic stuff. I mean, it was. I, I don't want to say I was really not in danger, but it was much to a much lesser degree than some of these guys who are doing high falls or fire burns okay. or you know, explosive stuff like that. Right.
2: Well, it's shocking to be on a movie set, isn't it? Because it's a whole other world. Oh, it
14: is. It is crazy. I mean, the food is amazing. Yes. I and mean, I'm about eating, so i gotta, I got to plug that. But uh, it's just a different world because everyone's like the hustle and the bustle and it's like, Focus. hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, and then we need you to be on like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Okay, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'll do the 64 beat fight choreography that we just did. I'll, I wasn't ready, but I'll go now. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to be able to react really quick. And it's an interesting dynamic just because of the amount of people that are there. And. From all walks of life. Exactly. I mean, you've got people who went to film school. You've got people who are working EMS. You know, they're, they're there for, like, the safety factor. You've got uh, extras coming, and you've got everybody just – it's just a mass
2: of humanity. Yeah. All and so there's you life. as a pastor. What's that like? I mean, oh. I, I mean, is there an opportunity to share? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when
14: we were doing the training, we were training every day in the summer of 2016. And as soon as, like, the guys who were we were working with found out I was a pastor – all of the like the, the the attention was like oh I guess we gotta watch how we talk I guess we gotta do this <laughs> right, I guess we gotta do that right. Mike wouldn't do this and it's just like guys I'm a yeah, guy first off just chill okay um, but it does it's interesting once you start developing those relationships with people and they can see in you the grace of God at work and they can see in you the gospel having effect it's interesting how they'll come up kind of one at a time typically when no one else is looking at them like so what's up with this whole pastor oh that's so cool you know what's his what's his church deal because a lot of them. A lot of people, and this is not just specifically the, the movie industry, it's just in general. Like they've been burned by people who call themselves Christians, they've yeah. been burned by the church. I mean, you lived it. Yeah. And, 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 and having someone who can, has been there and has walked through that, and you're able to kind of talk them through some of the, the past traumas, even of stuff. Um, it's pretty cool because then they get to see the actual gospel at work. Right. You know, Romans 1 says it's the power of God unto mm-hmm. salvation. And there is power there when we can can express that to people, what God has done for us.
2: And it takes Christianity out of the headlines, right? People think they know what uh, Christianity is by reading Vox or Slate mm-hmm. or something like that. It's, there's no connection there at all.
14: It puts a different, it puts a face on it, right? So when they read it, uh, read an article, I mean, it's just, all oh, those Christians right. know this. But when I was talking to this one guy who grew up in a very uh, – Religious home, but not a great home life. And able to put a face on that that's different than what he is used to experiencing it 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 kind of you can see a little bit of a crack form in that mm-hmm. person like okay well maybe not everyone is this way not everyone is what i think of as a christian so it's a good opportunity and but i mean that's in every field and every walk of life we're For called sure. to you know to minister that gospel to whoever we're, we're around
3: we're talking to federal security contractor movie stuntman and pastor mike shibe all right mike so if you are um mapping out your life when you're 18 years old could you possibly have imagined that this is where you would end up?
14: I comment on this almost every time we do the Lord's Table at church, that if I was looking at myself 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would never have envisioned myself leading a service at a church about to take communion, mm-hmm. especially at like 18 when I was at like the height of yeah. like my antagonism towards God. Um, it No, I, I, I've i stopped trying to make plans. I like everyone's like, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? I, I don't know. I I don't know. Because every time I try to plan something – it's like it God blows off. it up. Yeah, it's in a different direction. I'm like, well, that was, that was fun to think about that for about five minutes. <laughs> right. Now here I am. It's completely different. Yeah.
2: So what about this federal security contractor? Tell us about that.
14: So, yeah, a buddy of mine, several years ago, started working uh, in different contract security things. Um, and he had kind of reached out, like, hey, you should do this. And I was like, oh, I can't do that right now. And you know, a bunch of excuses. I, I probably should have followed him up on that then. But then, you know, plans would have been completely different. Um, but about a year ago, I went to the did the, the training in the class to get your license uh it's called act 235 so you can carry firearms and stuff for work um did all that training and started with him and it's actually it's local in the south hills uh tucked back into south park and it's, so it's like it's like 10 minutes from where i live which is an awesome job but it is uh it's a lot easier to do pastoral stuff Like because i was doing like HVAC contracting and electrical sure. work and everything and, like, you know, carrying furnaces up and down stairs and loading vans really takes a toll on you. Sure. Uh, you get tired a lot. Uh, and when you're working, like, 10-hour days, especially in the summer when it's, it's man, it's, like, brutal. And I'm exhausted. So I, I, I opted for something that was a little bit less... Intense on the body and it turned out to be a perfect blessing because the way the shifts line up and all that stuff I am available to study I'm available to meet with people for pastoral counseling or just studying stuff and like that I'm able to prep my sermons and more importantly I'm able to be with my family at home I'm not exhausted and then still trying to go out.
3: Right. Okay, but what you're talking about is being bivocational, yes. right? Yes. And this is the case in a lot of people that work in a lot of churches, is that the church is too small or doesn't have the financial capacity to be able to support somebody full time or to support a bunch of people full time, mm-hmm. and so these people have to go, go out and you know do multiple things. They hustle, right. like you're doing. Right. right. So talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's hard to like bifurcate your brain, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you, it's hard to are are you working. Do you have to work hard on being present in the exact thing you're in because you could also be thinking about the yes. other two things you do?
14: Yeah, so uh, you have to be able to compartmentalize your brain, which um, thankfully I'm—I uh, guess I'm pretty good at. I can kind of shut my brain off in this and think about what I need to think about, and then go back and pick up right where I was, you know, elsewhere. Um, but the decision for us to be bivocational is, is pretty much how we have done a, a, a different model of church um, as leadership and everything. As we got together when this transition occurred back in 2016, we were committed that. I am able to work and provide for my family so that the church doesn't need to pay me to do that. I mean, I receive a housing stipend and everything, and it's a great blessing, um, but – our mission at Jesus Fellowship is to impact the community with the gospel as effectively as we can. And the way that we found to do that is we can direct funds that would otherwise go to me or other full-time staff, and we can send it out through our missionaries. We can send it out to the community. Um, We have no full-time staff. We have a a base giving rate of 35% of whatever comes in. We're giving back out to international or to local missionaries. Mm. Um, We want to give as generously as God has given to us in salvation, which, you know, obviously we can't give like God can, because he's God and he's infinite and everything but we want to do as best as we can our goal long term is to get that up to 50 percent from 35 to 50 Wonderful. um and that's just this model works for us i mean not every church can do that i mean we are a smaller church so we don't have the issues of a you know a 200, 500-member church that would require full-time Big overhead, right. Yeah, yeah, we don't have that.
1: Right.
2: Pastor Mike Schaubes with this, Mike, uh, seconds left. Talk about your church, when, where you meet, all that.
14: Great. So we are a gospel-centered church. We want the gospel to influence every aspect of the believer's life and practice. Um, We meet Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. in Bethel Park. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Jesus Fellowship, or uh, jfchurch.com. Um, we run about an hour and a half service. We go through books of the Bible. Right now we're going through a series verse by verse in the book of Jonah called Scandalous Grace, and that's been a blast. I've been enjoying that. Um, but, I mean, we're in the community. We've been actually been there for 30 years. My father-in-law set us up in a, in a, in a good way. so wow. uh, I want to thank God for him doing that and, good and what you. we can do through yeah. the community. Outstanding. Mike,
2: you sound like you're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's a blast. I,
14: good.
3: <laughs> stick with it. I appreciate yeah.
2: it, guys. Our pleasure. Hey, Mike Shive, Pastor Mike Shah. We'll post information about Mike on our Facebook page. Really good. Take a break, come right back. Uh, We got lots more ahead, so stick around. It's the uh, Ride Home with John and Kathy.
6: This is a solicitation of insurance by eHealth, an insurance agency offering plans from different insurance companies. No government or Medicare affiliation. The described coverage is not available in all counties or cases. Paid actor portrayal. Hi, I'm Dave Nemeth.
7: And I'm Barbara Niven. You may have seen us on television talking about an all-in-one card that has the Medicare community talking.
6: The one that gives you coverage for hospital care, doctor visits, prescription
0: drugs, in many cases even eyeglasses and dental care.
7: For a monthly price that's Some people find too good to be true.
0: Except it is
7: true. One card, one company, one complete package of Medicare benefits designed to help you get well and stay well.
1: Now that's something worth talking about.
7: Watch your mailbox or learn more online at OneCardNow.com. That's OneCardNow.com.
6: Please don't put this off. It's too important. Visit OneCardNow.com for free information with no obligation.
1: That's OneCardNow.com now.com. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection
6: at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road.
2: at extremetruck.net.
10: number 33
13: this is brad marshall general manager of word fm if you're a senior or associate pastor we have a seat for you and your spouse at our annual pastor appreciation luncheon join us october 22nd at the hilton garden inn at south point and enjoy great food warm fellowship and a fantastic message from unlimited grace founder brian chapel there's no charge it's just our way of saying thank you for all you do Reserve your complimentary tickets now at wordfm.com.
3: The Daily Mail reports that the first baby could be born in space within the next 12 years. <laughs> Dr. Egbert Edelbrock, founder and chief executive of Spaceborn United, who is a whack job said that the company is designing missions where pregnant women can give birth in orbit.
2: Mm, Sounds like a really easy process.
3: Listen, the aim isn't currently for the whole pregnancy to take place in space, John, but just the 24 to 36-hour mission just so that you could be in labor and deliver in orbit. Wait,
2: wait, wait. So someone is nine months pregnant. Yep. They put a spacesuit on. Mm. Then (laughs) they blast off from somewhere. Yeah. Florida, Russia, wherever, right? right? Mm -hmm. I would worry about the G forces on the baby Mm -hmm. as you're being launched from the launch pad.
3: I'd worry about the whole thing.
2: (laughs) I mean, giving birth, never having given birth, but witnessing, uh, it's a messy affair.
3: The doctor says that there are certain requirements for expectant mothers who want to participate in this program which <laughs> really? first of all is exactly zero women right. okay who want to do this or
2: loss of brain cells right
3: these uh these are requirements would include having experience with two flawless previous deliveries okay and a high natural radiation resistance
2: oh great i mean it's just like <laughs> a this is just basically a pr he stunt
3: is an absolute nut.
2: But you could claim to say, I, "My baby is the first baby born in outer Who space." Who
3: gives a care? People
2: would, people no. would like jump. Abso- on
3: that. Absolutely not. This is absolutely so. First of all, no one's ever had a flawless delivery, and <laughs> right. I don't think there is a high natural radiation resistance. I don't think that's a thing. I, I think don't... that's a thing that Dr. Egbert Edelbrock like invented in his head. Well, like it's somewhere down, down the line,
2: right? I don't know. Maybe it would happen. Like I, I don't. I can't imagine. Accidentally, Like, you know, you're pregnant, like six months pregnant, and you have an early birth. I don't know. But to plan this out? What about if you go into
3: labor and they just shoot you up?
2: Holy smokes. Get out of here. Have that baby in space.
4: Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group.
6: With SRN News, I'm Ron Derockstra. Rudy Giuliani's notified lawmakers he will not comply with a subpoena issued by three House committees. The subpoena had been issued to President Trump's personal attorney September 30th for documents related to his work in Ukraine, and he has until Wednesday to provide those. A letter sent by Attorney John Sayles says the subpoena is overboard, unduly burdensome, and seeks documents beyond the scope of legitimate inquiry. Congressional Republicans want Congressman Adam Schiff to publicly release transcripts of the latest round of depositions made to House Intelligence Committee. Speaking with the Salem Radio, uh, this uh, Louisiana Congressman, Steve Scalise, condemns what he describes as the House Democrat efforts to overturn a 2016 election and adversely impact the upcoming 2020 election. Fiona Hill, a former top national security expert, testified Friday. This is SRN News.
4: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the
15: Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Hi, it's Michael with Bible League. Can I give you an update on Stand With Them, our campaign with Word FM, to send God's word to heart-hungry, persecuted believers. I've told you about Ahmed, the 14-year-old refugee in the Middle East. You remember, he was primed to be a suicide bomber, but he's now a Christian, almost beaten to death by extremists, but he is leading young jihadists to Christ, and they need Bibles. And Katsu in China, beaten and jailed many times, but he led his interrogator to Christ, and together they've witnessed hundreds of conversions and recent months, they need the Bible there in China. I know your heart breaks for Christians who suffer severe persecution. You know, many of these are new to the faith. They need the hope of God's word. So with deep gratitude, we say thank you for your outpouring of support. We have a goal of sending Bibles to 5,000 persecuted believers and time is drawing short. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800 S W O R D, or give it wordfm.com.
4: Are you willing to go through another season with cold and drafty windows or doors? Well, you don't have to. Pella has a great sale going on right now. Get $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Energy efficiency, noise control. Plus, we are certified best for kids. Our warranties are the best in the business and expert installation too. It's Pella on sale right now. Call 888-78-PELLA, Pellapittsburgh.com.
7: What are you doing to enhance your
4: marriage?
14: take that initiative just to get away and to spend time with each other
7: family life's weekend to remember our
3: life was so out of whack we said this is crazy i thought everything was fine you know
7: the weekend to remember is coming to the pittsburgh marriott north november 1st and 8th
10: everyone needs a little bit of guidance
7: register now and save big use promo code weekend at the weekend to we ought
10: to go check this out At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best that it can be. That's why every Original Mattress Factory employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself.
6: Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds, with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org.
11: This evening will be pleasant by October standards. Later on tonight, it'll turn cloudy, followed by rain beginning toward daybreak. although we well, will be 53. Rain through the morning. Otherwise, it'll be cloudy, brisk, and chillier tomorrow. We start the day in the low to mid-50s and fall to the high 40s by the end of the day. Blastery and colder tomorrow night. Clouds in a shower with a low 42. Stray early shower Thursday. Otherwise, cloudy, windy, and chilly with the high near 50. With the AccuWeather Forecast, I'm Frank Strait.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmon.
2: Remember when you were a kid and you would get your report card, right? You'd bring it home. There was a long march. I mean, I, I did that. Yeah. You know, they were handed out at the end of school, at, you know, the end of day. Right. And then you'd had that manila. They were inside of like a manila envelope. You'd walk home. I tried to delay it as much as possible.
3: Listen, if you could delay it forever at some points, yeah. then that was mm, yeah. clearly what you would try to do.
2: My, my parents were sort of preoccupied because there were seven of us. Right. They didn't even so, know
3: your name, let alone how you were doing in school. Well,
2: a lot of times they would just kind of, it just go right by. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say at one you know, point, because they had to sign it on the back. Did your parents do that? Yes.
3: Right. I forgot about the signing. They had to sign
2: it mm-hmm. and then you had to turn it back in.
3: Right. Mike, how we, did you feel about your report card?
4: We did Well, first off, my parents didn't have to sign it. Thank God.
2: They did, didn't sign it?
4: No, they didn't have to. And uh, it came in the mail. Oh. So, oh. So. A little high tech. Yeah. So if I had a bad grade, I, I made sure to make it to that mailbox before my parents did.
2: Why? What did you try to do?
4: I'd hide it from them.
2: Uh huh. Hide it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Oh, I the did. mailman. He just missed us that day. Yeah. No mail today. Yeah, yeah no I don't mail. know what happened, Mom. Okay. So now there's a, you know, brand new high tech thing where the grades are coming Listen, via portals.
3: I have this app on my phone called Power School. Yeah. And so whenever my daughter gets a grade for anything from, like, the 10-point quiz she took today mm-hmm. or the homework she turned in or the midterm or whatever it is. It's there. I get an alert on my phone. Right. Oh, that's I right. get a notification that says, hey, your daughter's grade is now blah in blah. Right. I mean, I know way more than I ever cared to know. You don't want to know. Listen, but I am in the minority because when I talk to other parents at school functions or kind of para-school functions – they are into it. They are completely invested in how their kid is doing that's all horrible. of that. Listen, I wait, can't get over it. Wait, hold on, hold on. So
4: they, is it every subject they everything, send you?
2: Everything, everything. Okay, so like- Are you a, kidding? So, on my phone. So when my kid was in high school and his social studies report was like late, I was the one who was anxious about it.
3: Right, that, okay, so that's <laughs> the problem we're having. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. There's a, an article about this in the Wall Street Journal today by- uh Julie Jargon, which is a cool name. Anyway, she said that the problem with this is exactly what you said, that when parents detect a problem, it becomes the parent's problem, not the kid's problem. So before the parent knew about it, if the kid failed a class or not a class, but failed a test, they were going to have to figure out how to make it up so that they didn't have to suffer the angst that Mike felt when he was trying to hide or intercept his report card from the mailman.
4: So they don't even send it to the kid. They just send it to the parent.
3: Right. And exactly. so now the parent is the one who has to figure out what to do about it. That's pathetic.
2: So then you're writing your kid, hey, did you turn in that social studies report? Because I know it's overdue, and I've been thinking about it for the past five days. Get on the Now, ball.
3: meanwhile, when you were a kid, your parents never knew there was a social studies project. <laughs> Right, no. as Sebastian Maniscalco says, my dad didn't even know where the school was. <laughs>
2: well, my dad knew where the school was because he would go visit the nuns. All right, so making there, sure things were okay. So
3: there's this woman um, whose story is told in this article in the Wall Street Journal. Her name is Magna Pisenyi, and she's a management consultant in Detroit. And this is you want to hear this? Yeah. She says the challenge for me as a parent is to control myself so that I can allow my kids to develop into adults on their own. Yeah. This real-time grade tracking doesn't help with that at all. It suddenly raised the stakes like, quote, my kid isn't going to get into college because he got a B on this test. Now, she actually remembers seeing a low grade pop up on her phone, like, you know, all my uh, kids' work does. And she said that it told her that her older son had gotten a poor grade on a test last year. And so she immediately texted him and started yelling oh, at him worst. via text on how could you have done that and then she stopped herself and said what kind of horrible parent does that yeah like what, what am i turning into so she apologized to her son for confronting him you're super before he had a chance to tell her about the grade himself
2: okay so we as a family my wife and i we decided we're going to delete that thing because i don't want to know the minutiae it's up for the kid to figure it out so eventually we just got rid of it
3: okay so you had the opportunity to know and you yeah, decided not we to get it yeah. okay what did you do so basically i just have the app and it shows up and i just don't pay attention to it
2: that's good right
3: like it just doesn't
2: it's too much to bear your kid's going got to grow up at some point right? right you're either going to do it or you're not and you, you don't need me to nag you about one more thing yeah, not
4: only that you'd think they'd send it to the student instead of the parent right, so right hey, but they're yeah, not right. okay ridiculous. so
3: again that's like that. It's inducing even more of the helicopter parent thing that Mm -hmm. people are already Mm -hmm. doing. Okay, listen to this dude. Wade Etheridge, profiled in the Wall Street Journal, private wealth advisor in Greenfield, Indiana. He said access to real-time grades was a great way for him to stay on top of his kid's academic performance. Okay, He has a daughter in high school, but now that his son is a freshman in college, Wade is freaking out. Because the college doesn't tell him right. how his son is doing.
2: Because yeah. once your kid reaches legal age, 18, you're no you're no longer yeah. part of that conversation. Colleges aren't doing that. Right.
3: But because Wade has been so fully invested oh in his kid's life up to this point, now that his kid's at college, he's freaking out.
2: Oh, my gosh. Because he's out of the loop.
3: He's like, listen... I have to know how my kid is doing and the school's like we're not like we're not telling you how your kid is doing so then he has to go to his son and he say you have to tell me how you're doing well now his son's mad because his son said I never told you I never agreed for the school to tell you when I was in 10th grade how I was doing so I'm certainly not going to tell you now
2: so you just got to grow up the parent as well as the, the child. Parent,
3: the parent and right. kid relationship has to be the one that decides how this works, not the school and the app. So I think we've really like yeah. buttressed our way into what should have been a family right. decision. So
2: the last sentence of the article, uh, quote, I don't think you can instill motivation in kids through fear or intimidation. Well, Don Hall might disagree with that. Because
13: yeah,
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs> there was both of that in, in my house. <laughs> For sure. Stan yeah.
3: felt the same way.
2: Fear and intimidation was a <sighs> great motivator not to get a D or an F.
3: Yeah. All right. So look, what's the answer? The answer is to communicate well with your kids, right? But you have to figure out how to step it back. Yeah. Like we're crazy people. The way we're parenting kids right now, I think it's a little too much. It is a little too much.
2: Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this next segment. We're going to talk about silence. Silence as a means of worship in our crazy audio overfill where the washing machine, the refrigerator, the noise of everything bears down on us. What is it like in worship on a Sunday morning when you would disengage from all sound and sit in silence? Make a joyful silence unto the Lord. That's next here on The Ride Home.
3: Hey, don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th and you have some important decisions to make today. And we all know Medicare is confusing, but Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know that you have questions and they've got the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you. What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Today, that's MarleyFG.com.
4: 101.5 WORD.
6: For whom did Christ die? everyone or the elect only? Christians have debated that question for centuries. So what does Scripture actually say about this debate? Find out in John MacArthur's study called The Doctrines of Grace. He'll help you understand how Christ atoned for sin in this refreshing biblical look at amazing salvation truths. Don't
2: miss Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. You've all helped build MyPillow and the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, My Pillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all My Pillows. That's right. Buy one My Pillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all My Pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's My Pillows way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all My Pillow products including the buy one, get one free for all My Pillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. They're not in it for the money. They
6: don't do it for the fame. It's certainly not about the fringe benefits. No, for a Christian teacher, the real reward is found in the everyday triumphs of a child. As they learn not only about their world but discover their unique place in it. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net.
2: Isn't that good? Because life is loud.
3: Yeah, but it, it's kind of uncomfortable.
2: It makes you anxious? Silence?
3: Well, I mean when you're expecting something else, it's hard. It's hard to get used to.
2: So you're expecting the next thing to come at you.
3: Well, when we come out of a commercial break, we have music, and that tells us that the show's back on. So when you don't have music and all of a sudden there's silence, you think that there's something wrong.
2: But okay, so what about a church when you're you're, you know, there's a hymn or there's a worship song? And then there's silence. You Does that make you anxious?
3: If, because you feel like there's something wrong. How much of our worship service is taken up with somebody talking or doing something?
2: About 99.9%. We are always audio informed in worship. To be honest, I mean, um, who is it? The, the friend's house, the Quakers. Right. Don't they often sit in silence? They always sit
3: in silence. I mean that's a little bit of the opposite extreme well, of it. I
2: kind of like that. I mean well, I like yeah, the idea of Okay, that.
3: but the but you I mean the Quakers have fallen into a lot of difficulties because there's no leadership. teaching or leadership that goes on. But like any church tradition, if we thought about it, we could learn something from that, right? Instead of so just, instead of so instead of just dismissing it out of hand and saying, well, you know, the Quakers don't know anything. What if we did think about that and say, wait, maybe maybe they're onto something.
2: See, In those rare times when you're in worship and the pastor or the worship leader says, we're going to sit now in confession or we're going to sit now and contemplate. Those seconds, and it's always too brief for me, those 30 or 60 seconds, 90 seconds at the most, I love that so much because there's something that's unifying. I feel that we're all connected in some way in the breath. You can feel people expanding and contracting. I just love it so much. But I think we avoid it. We ignore it. W. David O. Taylor teaches theology at Fuller Theological Seminary. He is the author of Glimpses of the New Creation, Worship and the Formative Power of the Arts, In the uh, online version of Christianity Today, he wrote a wonderful piece called Make a Joyful Silence Unto the Lord, Why Quiet is Essential to Corporate Worship. David, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me.
3: So this can't be the first time that you've heard someone say to you, well, you know, that silence, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, When you started observing silence, did it also make you uncomfortable?
12: It did partly because I discovered how much noise was in my own head,
3: yeah.
12: and uh, that's you know a distressing and disorienting experience to uh, be silent long enough to discover all the rattling noises and sounds and impulses and all the the um, pressure of to do lists that bear in upon one's interior life, and then to think. Well, to think when I was a a pastor at a church in Austin for a number of years, and I would preach on Sundays and and thought for a while that I was doing something rather remarkable, but then wondered if people were actually digesting, ingesting, digesting, processing, getting a chance to internalize and reckon with what I was preaching, or whether it was just more stuff, more noise, more words— along with the myriad words and sounds and noises that they uh, absorbed all week long. So that became a very distressing moment for me as a preacher, <laughs> or perhaps sort of uh, uh, overestimated my uh, capacities to, to communicate uh, and underestimated the need for silence for them to actually listen, not to me, but to whatever, to whatever it was that the Holy Spirit might be speaking to them, through the words of Scripture.
2: So then, David, in some ways, is silence? Um, uh, is it a, a muscle, something that has to be developed? Of course, silence is also scriptural, which you go into deeply in your in your uh, your article. But what about that, the, the muscle of silence that we all can sort of go along? We can all agree that we're on this path together. At first, as Cass says, it might be uncomfortable, but over time. Uh, the pastor and the congregation would settle into that together. I think
12: you're right. It's, it's, It's like a muscle, it's an instinct, it's an appetite, and if you've ever gone on a retreat, or if you've ever gone on a road trip, or a camping trip into nature, you'll know firsthand how you need hours or days to acclimate, to slow down, to Uh, turn down the dial of all the things that itch and twitch away at our minds and our emotions and our bodies. And it's the same thing, I think, with silence and worship. Largely, it's just something we're unaccustomed to. I think if we look at Scripture, we would see that uh, silence accompanies the original creation, and silence accompanies the worship that takes place in the Book of Revelation, and then all throughout, for sure, You see it played out most definitively in the Psalms. And we live in a time, you know, the 21st century that is full of all sorts of noise that would have been uncommon or unfamiliar to Christians 200 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, let alone a thousand years ago. So unfortunately, we're at a little bit of a disadvantage because of the world that we inhabit, which is why I think silence and worship can become such a... Wonderfully countercultural, life-giving thing for pastors and worship leaders, along with a you know congregants, to practice together.
2: So then, that's something that has to be cultivated. I mean, you talk about this. You know, you, you mentioned in silence in the Psalms, and in your article, "Make a Joyful Silence Under the Lord." You mentioned Psalm sixty-two, five, right? Um, my mm-hmm. soul waits in silence for God. I think if everybody knew that, if everybody was reading along, and then we all practiced that together, we would be more powerful uh, as a church and as individual worshipers of, of the Lord.
12: I think so. And, you know, as I, as I, I guess, argue in the essay, you know, uh, Scripture argues positively for silence, it models silence, and infers silence. And it's one of those funny things, I find, that we love Scripture, we love the Psalms, and we see these phrases like, keep silence and hear, and we think it's a good idea, or perhaps at best, we practice it personally at home or wherever, on the way to work, maybe. <laughs> but it, when we gather together corporate worship, it just becomes such a foreign thing for us, and uh, I, I think it's it's a terrible loss for us. I, again, as, as I, I write in the essay, if, if before we gather to praise and pray and proclaim the good news God is already speaking, Um, then it seems to me that our first duty, uh, responsibility, is to be silent and to, to attune our hearts, our ears, to what it is that God might have to speak to us today through His Word that is always speaking in Jesus.
2: Always speaking. And you asked the question in the article, how exactly should pastors and worship leaders Incorporate silence into worship without alienating your congregants, and how might we do it well, and for mm-hmm. how long? And then you go on to answer that question. There's biblical. There's a biblical response to that. Yeah, <laughs> there <he> is.
12: <laughs> it's one of those funny scriptures. It's funny because it just catches us by surprise, and then mostly we don't know what to do with it. It just seems like such an idiosyncratic moment in the Book of Revelation, where in Revelation chapter seven. Uh, John beholds this mass of people from everywhere standing before the Lamb, and, and there's this roar of praise and worship that takes place. And then in chapter 8, verse 1, uh, the seventh seal is opened, and, uh, and then this, we're told that there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And we rarely get very specific time markers in the New Testament, but here it is. And it seems to me that you know commentators in the Book of Revelation all somehow agree that whatever else it means, it really is a straightforward indication that there is some kind of 30 minutes of silence, and then there's just uh, a, a, a massive activity that takes place right after it. Yeah. So we have this you know instance which it would be mostly impossible and, 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 and uh, incredible for us to do 30 minutes of silence. And as you said, the Quakers <laughs> might be for the first to try out 30 minutes. So it, that that's too much to try at first for most churches, but that's why I, I try to go on and suggest some very concrete things that people could do. Even just 10 seconds might be a way for um, uh, churches and pastors to, to practice silence at, at any point in their worship service.
7: So the
3: first time you did it, what was it like?
12: First time— i was receiving science no the first time you did I, it in
3: worship service
12: well I, I can say the most recent time i'm not sure i remember the first time I, I tried it um i can tell you the first time i experienced it was in class when eugene peterson uh, was a, a professor at Regent college and he began with a whole minute of science what felt like <laughs> 10 hours of science <laughs> um made all of us very uncomfortable until we got used to it by week four and five but uh, t- uh, two weeks ago i preached at our church and at the end of the sermon, I paused and invited the uh, congregation to take a minute, and I told them I would take a minute, just so they would know exactly how long and wouldn't become worried. And, you know, there's the, the usual coughing and shuffling yeah. and, and, and chair scraping and babies making their baby noises. I have no idea how effective it was, but the week prior, uh, another one of the pastors had done it, and the week after me, uh, he did it a third time, and uh, I, I think I think um, our folks uh, enjoyed it, but at the same time, there's still just this frank recognition that it was uncomfortable, so it's kind of both. You know, like, we want more of it, but boy, is it uncomfortable. Right.
2: So in your piece, David, you talk about C.S. Lewis, and I mean, C.S. Lewis, mm. I, I love his perspective of it. Tell, tell us about that, please.
12: Well, in his uh, very imaginative... Uh, novel the tape letters, which is a, a, a kind of exchange of letters between a, a, a chief demon and a lesser demon. Uh, one of the comments that this demon instructor gives to the, the younger demon is that hell uh, is, is wonderfully marked by noise. Noise, noise, noise. All the time there's noise. And one of the things that 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 hell hates is how heaven is marked by both music and silence. And so the goal is to overwhelm the Christian on earth with noise, that they would never experience or practice or choose to be silent in prayer or silent in worship, because that would get them too close to the life that awaited them in heaven. And so I kind of follow from that and say, hey... (laughs) Noise and music, you know, they, they, they mark the, the, the worship of heaven, as C.S. Lewis describes it. I think the Book of Revelation does as well. And that noise can become not just dehumanizing, but it could have a diabolical uh, crushing effect on us. Hmm.
2: I, I love sometimes waking up in the middle of the night, which as I age, I find I do more and more so. But to lay there at night in, in, in silence, to hear my wife's breath... And mm. then sometimes in the distance, you hear a train, and, uh, you know, the uh, the sound of a train sort of draws me back mm. into consciousness. But, I mean, when there is no, no sound, the least sound, like the breath of your wife mm. or a train in the mm-hmm. distance, in some ways, they become holy highlights and mm-hmm. draw me in some way into communion with this. I mean... That's a powerful thing. So the eradication, I mean, I I love what C.S. Lewis, what you're talking about, you know, that noise, hell is noise. And you think about the Mm. industrial age of the the crank Mm -mm. of the engine constantly, nonstop, nonstop. And if that's hell, oh, heaven help those who are stuck (laughs) in that perpetual noise machine because Mm. that truly is hellish. Mm.
12: I agree. And I I guess what I would like to encourage – readers, in this case listeners, to remember that the Word of God is living and active. And it really is living and active, because God Himself is living and active. And in our gatherings of worship, the Holy Spirit is living and active and present and speaking, not in some abstract way that belongs in a theology book on some shelf, but to us, to the people of God here and now, speaking through our conscience uh, as scripture says speaking through scripture speaking through the words that are being prayed and preached speaking speaking through our life experiences wanting to conform us to the image of Christ and i think silence is this beautiful albeit hard-won gift that we as church leaders can offer our people to have a moment to pull the pieces of their minds their hearts their bodies their lives together and to see some glimpse of how God is making us whole and holy. And I think that's the gift that silence might offer us in our worship together.
0: Well, that's beautiful.
2: Well, David, thanks so much. We really appreciate the time. I mean, the essay was really wonderful, and your follow-up conversation here, really just excellent. Thank you so much.
12: Well, thank you for having me. I
2: appreciate that. Our pleasure. David Taylor, make a joyful silence under the Lord. He uh, joins us from Fuller Theological Seminary, the author of Glimpses of the New Creation, Worship and the Formative Power of the Arts. W. David O. Taylor from Fuller Theological Seminary.
5: Pumpkins, pumpkins, and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old-time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixings. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com.
6: Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life.
3: I find that patients just want to be heard.
6: Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That
3: takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan
4: for
5: them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office.
8: My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you.
6: Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at
13: antiochianvillage.org. This is Brad Marshall, General Manager of Word FM. If you're a senior or associate pastor, we have a seat for you and your spouse at our annual Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. Join us October 22nd at the Hilton Garden Inn at South Point and enjoy great food, warm fellowship, and a fantastic message from Unlimited Grace founder Brian Chappell. There's no charge. It's just our way of saying thank you for all you do. Reserve your complimentary tickets now at wordfm.com.
11: This evening will be pleasant by October standards. Later on tonight, it'll turn cloudy, followed by rain beginning toward daybreak. Although it will be 53. Rain through the morning. Otherwise, it'll be cloudy, brisk, and chillier tomorrow. We start the day in the low to mid 50s and fall to the high 40s by the end of the day. While it's starting colder tomorrow night, clouds in a shower with a low 42. Stray early shower Thursday. Otherwise, cloudy, windy, and chilly with the high near 50. With the AccuWeather Forecast, I'm Frank Strait.
8: Snow,
15: snow, snow,
11: snow It won't be long before we'll all
0: be there With snow, snow, snow No I No snow?
4: No I want to wash my hands, my
3: face in want to with I snow, wash snow. My. I mean, I love that scene And I love that tan outfit oh, yeah. that Vera Allen's oh, wearing I love that I But I don't want to think about snow. snow Oh, it's
2: coming snow. yeah here. The snow. calendar puts the start of winter more than two months away But Scott Scott Harbaugh from WPXI, he predicts the first snowflakes of the year will fly Thursday evening in the Laurel Highlands, specifically in the mountains of Somerset County.
3: So depressing. And nearby Preston, in West Virginia. Depressing. And you going to hook up your uh, get your fireplace going tonight?
2: My fireplace. Yeah. I got. nothing in there it's right why because it doesn't work
3: either does mine
2: (laughs) no i got two fireplaces in the house actually got three show off yeah there's nothing in there
3: doesn't matter though because none of them do anything nope
2: they they look pretty though yeah they They look very pretty pretty. yeah okay so uh, in our family we do this thing we've been doing since the kids were little that we around this time of year we pick the each one of us picks a date where we think the first snowfall will come upon us.
3: And it was so inspirational to Mike and I when we heard about this that we thought, let's make it into a ride home contest.
2: OK, good. OK, so uh, the only rule that we have in our family contest is that it has to be at least a quarter inch of snow.
3: It has to be observable right. enough. And it has to happen here in Greentree. Because I'm sorry to be self-centered, but that's where the three of us are.
2: Right. So if you see flurries, you can't say, oh, it's, you, no. Yeah. It's got to be on the ground, right? Right. And there's got to be something that you can sort of at least pick up in your fingertips. It's got to stick. Yeah. It's
3: got to stick. It's got to have substance. I think so. All right. So we're doing this contest on Facebook this year. Okay. So if you go to our Facebook page, The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy, you'll see a graphic there. It says The Ride Home First Snow Contest. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is hit the comment button and put your date in.
2: Put your date in. That's all. Pick your date. Okay.
3: Okay. Don't pick two dates because we don't want to know two dates. One date. One date significant snow and it can't be like say you live in like bucks county okay i appreciate you live in bucks county but you got to pick the date that it's laying on the ground here because Green we, the three of us need to observe it
2: right remember that we did that uh contest a few years back we had that gigantic snow and then over the parking lot this oh, yeah. massive it was like mount Kilimanjaro. that
3: might have been the first year we had the show
1: oh really
2: it
3: might have been we had our snow pile contest oh. we had so much snow that year that we did the opposite we guessed when the snow pile would finally disappear in spring <laughs>
2: I thought it was like June 20th oh my Seriously, gosh that, that thing was so high it
3: was so high and it was just a very dark time very
2: very sad okay so now we're leaning into the snow yes when is the first date of uh, precipitation mm-hmm. no, laying precipitation no, binger no, are we doing no, our own we doing our own little guess here Right. I think we should. which will will not negate the prize winner. Okay? So pick a date.
3: but, but I don't but I don't want it to snow. What if I just no, say no, no, you I'm can't. just I'm, want I'm, the snow? No, it's I'm absolving.
2: Snow. I mean you, when it's when it falls, you'll ha- you'll be happy the first couple no, of times. No, I won't. It's gonna happen. It's going you know it's coming. All
3: right, okay. you want me to register your votes here? I'm yes. registering your votes. Okay. okay.
2: I'm gonna pick um November <laughs> eleventh. 11-11.
3: November eleventh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I put it in. Mike, Very nice uh brad marshall our
4: general manager said may 1st May first all right i'm putting it in i'm putting it in that's what he said i'm putting it in i take him very seriously okay he'll win Mm. a john and kathy water bottle my vote november
15: 12th
2: november 12th oh come on you're boxing me in here what do you think this is like the price is right (laughs) 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 cast gonna be the 10th thank you (laughs) all right i'm uh,
3: i'm putting mine in Uh, i'm saying uh November December 25th
2: December oh Christmas December Christmas Day That's Christmas good, Day snow very nice good about it
3: because right. it's so far away exactly <laughs> yeah very nice <laughs> alright so find us on Facebook The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy. pick your date The Ride mm-hmm. Home First Snow, snow Contest
2: snow, okay snow
3: snow snow
2: we're gonna uh, take a break. When we come back, well, we're why,
3: why did it go <laughs> away? I thought we were going out with music, I and then it so. went away. No, no, no. We, we have no, to I to want to hear more. Promo All the
2: next right. thing. Right. Wait, 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 Hold on. Before we, I get a promo the next thing. Oh, because
3: the next thing is awesome.
2: Yeah, because it's not this. We're gonna be talking about dead rock and rollers, <laughs> right? Dead rock and rollers. You don't want to miss that, my friends. Stick around, but then I pick your snow wash date.
3: My hands, my face, and there is snow. snow.
4: 101.5 WORD
0: On Insight for Living Chuck Swindoll presents a series designed to deepen our respect for God's glory. To Him belongs the glory To Him goes all the credit To Him we give our applause To Him we stand in awe before Him don't miss the uplifting series called How Great Is Our God on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on
6: 101.5 WORD. So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage 4. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work?
5: Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills.
6: And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community.
10: MediShare is is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life i just don't know how i could have done it without Medishare.
6: it's so worth looking into there's a reason this is growing so fast if you want to find out more here's a number for you 844-41-BIBLE that's 844-41-BIBLE 844-41-BIBLE
4: hey grandma and grandpa when you retire will you take me to disney world can we go to a movie grandma can you teach me how to knit grandpa will you throw the baseball around with me
12: they won't always be so little. Make sure you plan now so you can start making more memories because big or small, those moments matter. They are what you've worked your entire life for, and they just might turn out to be some of the best moments of your life and theirs. I'm Kurt Knodek, CEO and financial advisor at Accurate Solutions Group. Call our team to start your personalized income plan for your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. At Accurate Solutions Group, we help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. We do the planning so you can make the memories. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
6: Providence Presbyterian Church. Washington Alliance Church. Bethlehem Lutheran Church. St. John the Baptist Church. Impact Christian Church. The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com.
2: Those are some quick clips of the um, Hall of Fame nominees, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for this year. They were
3: just released today.
2: Yeah. Um, But, you know, I was thinking about this because I was reading in today's PG, uh, Scott Mervis, who's the music critic, was talking about Bob Seger. Bob Seger's uh, 74 and coming into Pittsburgh on Thursday. And i was surprised to read this article because, quite honestly, I thought Bob Seger was dead. Didn't no. you think he was dead?
3: No. I didn't think he was dead oh, cuz he's I... still trying to turn the page. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Okay. Like a rock.
3: Yeah, okay. Which is why we decided to do this segment. Rock stars alive or dead.
2: Okay, all right. I mean, you think of what's happened over the last couple of years. I mean, every time you turn around, oh, you know, uh, Prince died, or David Bowie died, or, right, or you know, Ricochet
3: died. Right. I mean, right? I mean, it's so this is, the, this is
2: the world we're going to live in here for the next I mean, ten or twenty years. The the heroes... well, I mean,
3: people are dying all the time, it's not just the next ten or twenty. Years. Yeah, but you
2: know, I mean, the heroes of our youth, those bad boys. No, I mean
3: speak for your own youth. I well, mean, I think we all have different heroes, right? I, guess you're I brought right, up right. I brought up Depeche Mode a couple of weeks, a couple of minutes ago. Mike never even heard of them. No, he's
2: them. mispronouncing them. Yeah, I did. Dupish mood. A,
3: a Deepak mood. <laughs> <Deepak.
2: Like> Tupac. <laughs> Tupac's dead. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah he's
3: definitely dead. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at the uh, the people who have just been nominated today for the class of 2020 in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So there are 16 nominees.
2: Well, that's a lot of nominees. How many do they pick? Uh, I mean, You know what? what? I don't know
3: how many. What, I don't know if they have a number. I think they just decide who's worthy and who, who isn't. Who chooses? Who
2: chooses? Who's uh, the, who is what 's the criteria i mean it 's not like the the writers for the baseball hall of fame or something like uh, that. ballots
3: are distributed through a panel of more than one thousand voters, historians, mm-hmm. music industry, insiders, and previous inductees. but fans can have an impact really. Um, so you can vote to cast a ballot with Google Vote at RockHall dot com yep. or at the museum itself. If you go to Cleveland, Okay.
2: have you been there to the Rock and Roll Hall? No, of Fame? and
3: I'm really disappointed. Me too. I was thinking of going this weekend. Yeah,
2: oh, this weekend. That's I was, timely. I was really. thinking about it. I was That'd be kind of fun. It. My kids have gone, but I've not.
3: Okay. So there are 16 nominees. Um, nine are first-time ballots, and then another seven have already been nominated but didn't make it in. Oh,
2: can you imagine the so the, like, the shame of there's, that?
3: Well, there's no shame. Oh, would no, the be a of shame. Fame.
2: It'd be a shame. No, like, you know, you're not. You think about all the people that are in there, and you're seriously, going
3: seriously. How do you look at things this way? It's the <laughs> hall no, 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 no. of
2: fame. Listen, look. Every guy or girl who's like you know, in, you know, nominated massive ego gigantic rock star ego yeah so then you're nominated and you don't get in you know you gotta be ashamed no you you're, not you ashamed. To be. you're not oh, ashamed
3: you're not ashamed you're excited because you're you're a select group part of the select group already
2: if i called bob Seeger and said bob are you ashamed he would say in the affirmative No, cause he, no because John. he's
3: already in the rock and roll hall of fame and he is alive okay, i thought he was dead okay <laughs> all right so speaking of alive or dead Yep. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some of these people, because I'm not sure. So we're looking at 16 nominees, mm-hmm. nine uh, first-time ballot. Okay, okay, so the first one, Christopher, Cross. the Notorious...
2: <laughs> Chris Cross. Sailing.
3: No. Christopher, Notorious B.I.G. Wallace. I don't know that. <laughs> don't know that. No, no, he's dead, right? He's dead.
2: Notorious B.I.G. He's dead. I don't know. He is
3: dead! All right. All right. All right. I thought he was dead. Is there a yep. clip of the. Is there any
2: music? No, no clips. No. Okay. No, I mean, he's dead. He's dead. Wait, he's... we've got recordings of the guy when he was still d- kicking. I
3: mean, I don't know. We're not sure. All right. Okay. Uh, Whitney Houston is also first time ballot. Oh, that's okay. a. So poor no, Whitney Houston. Now we know Whitney that's Houston. It's a tragedy. Isn't we know it a tragedy? Whitney dead. It oh, shouldn't come back. Now that no, she's Okay. So, Who's that? Uh, Pat Benatar.
2: Pat Benatar. Hitting Pat... with your best shot. She's still kicking.
3: Yeah. She, I mean, fire away.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, were you a fan? Well,. Yes, because love is
3: bit. a battlefield. I like.
2: She's just you know.
3: Love is a battlefield is one of my favorite rock songs. Really? Yes. I don't know that
2: at all. I don't know it. You
3: don't know love is a battlefield. Maybe a
2: few bars. Love <laughs> is a battlefield. I don't know it. Sorry. How I just can know. you
3: not know love is a battle? You know why? Because you weren't a you weren't a woman who had to sing it as the power ballad.
2: You're right about <laughs> that. Thank goodness. I
3: mean, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, hit me
2: with your best shot is about all I got with Pat Bannerman.
3: No, 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 no. Actually, I think Love is a Battlefield is a much better song really? than Hit Me with Your Best Shot. If it, if it, if it hit Me with Your Best Shot is conventional.
2: Love is a Battlefield it has substance to it. Mm, okay. All right. So she's nominated this year.
3: First time? Uh, yeah, it's her first time. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Here we go. No it Sounds demands. horrible. What is that? Get ready. You leave this house
2: now. That sounds horrible.
3: No one can tell us we're wrong.
2: Who was screaming that? You leave this house now. Is that Searching our hearts
3: for yeah. so long. It's a music video. <laughs> it's
2: really cheesy.
3: I love it. All right. Okay. right. Let's <laughs> go back to Alive or Dead. Um, she,
2: she's alive. Is it verified that she's, she's, alive. Alive? Okay. she's
3: alive? She's alive. Uh, Dave Matthews Band. Uh, oh. They. Mike? thank you oh, okay yeah thank you uh the doobie brothers
2: no wait a second there's a lot of doobie brothers and there's a lot of doobies well so are they are they alive or i mean is it all the doobies maybe some of them are dead
3: i don't even know who oh right i know now that i Remember, Michael mcdonald was he a doobie brother he
2: was at one point how about uh i know this guy's name jeff the skunk baxter <laughs> who i believe Not making that up no no it's true i believe was a politician in california jeff baxter
3: yeah it was one of the Doobie Brothers? He's the
2: guy with the big Fu Manchu. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh.
3: Is he alive? Alive. Okay. I see all right. They're alive. All right. Very that's nice. good. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, okay. L- let's, let's think for Oh, first of all, let's get back to Depeche Mode, the band that I loved that Mike had never heard of, which hurts me deeply.
2: What'd you call them, Mike? Deepak
3: Mode. Deepak <laughs> Mode.
4: Deep okay.
2: <laughs> it's awesome. Or Depeche. All right. <laughs> Depeche mode.
4: <laughs> All right, Mike, uh, do you know about Depeche Mode? I've never heard of them in my life. Never. Okay, no. but are they alive or no. dead? Um,
12: it's alive.
4: There we okay. go.
3: All right. How I many members
2: on. were there in Depeche Mode? Or, or are they still?
3: I don't actually know okay. how many members there were. Right. They look but super young. I valued each one of them deeply.
2: Do you- what was the nadar? What was their years of prime?
3: I would say 1984. Okay. All right. I want to say that was 1984. So they should
2: be, still be around. All
3: right. So how about um, we have uh, groups that have been previously nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have not been admitted, oh. like Judas Priest. Oh, yeah. that's One my. of my least favorite bands of all time. Um, I have no idea if Judas Priest is alive or dead. Do you have a prediction?
2: Uh, I would say um, well, that's, that's pretty hard metal, right? That's heavy metal. Uh, hard lifestyle. I believe he's a Satan worshiper. Um, I'm just guessing. He's probably dead. He's dead.
3: Okay, it's not a him. It's a them. Oh. oh! <laughs> I thought the guy's name was Judas Priest. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike, you have any information on Judas, on Judas Priest? Well, I had to say, yeah. it's a tie. Oh, what do you mean? Because tie?
4: Yeah.
2: You're the dead or you're alive. What do you mean? He's like somewhere in limbo.
4: He is dead. Well, you know who is dead? Judas. Is the guitarist. Oh. John Perry is the only one that's just that's deceased in the band. Okay, okay but the other ones, is, yeah, they're still kicking.
2: Can you name a All song right. by Judas Priest? Uh, Can you? Mike?
4: You got another thing coming. Oh, right, okay. okay. That very one. Nice. I didn't know
3: that was Judas Priest. I don't I know. Think, I think it's him. I don't All know. All right. You got
2: another thing, I
4: don't that's know.
3: That's good. Okay, wait, going back to the Doobie Brothers, I didn't ask you, Mike, do you have information on the brothers? On the Doobie
4: Brothers? Yeah. Okay. That uh, That's another tie.
2: What? There's some Doobies that are dead?
4: Yeah, there's, some, there's one Doobie that's dead. Uh dead doobie, yeah. <laughs> He's a dead doobie. Michael and I'm I'm, I'm sorry if I pronounce this name. Hossack,
3: H-O-S-S-A-C-K. Okay. He's dead. Yeah.
2: He doesn't mind you mispronounce his name.
3: He is dead. All right. Yep. All okay. Right. All right. God bless him. God bless him. All right. that's good. Okay. So what about let Let's. Uh, uh, it's making me think about different people though in rock who are already in the hall of fame. Like Jim Croce. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> who should be
2: who should be in the hall of fame is he in
3: the hall of fame no he's that not that can't be rock no, no, can't. No, but no, they have not. folk in the hall of fame Sure, they do james they taylor they isn't did, james right. taylor he in the hall of fame not. yeah right yeah, yeah. i don't how know how about
2: gordon lightfoot <laughs> uh, how about john denver <laughs>
3: how what would make you think of john denver
2: well because he was a massive star I... <laughs> for one thing he was a I... massive star i i feel bad when john denver died
3: I... Oh, of course, come? we all did, because he was he was a young man, and that was very sad.
2: Yeah. I mean, didn't were you not a fan of John Denver? Not even what? remotely. What? Almost Heaven, West Virginia? Oh, God. Not even remotely? No, not even so a little what, bit. What is not wrong even with a you? a little
3: bit. Okay, let's go to Journey. Journey's one of my favorite bands. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, Separate Ways, pretty much the pinnacle rock song of all time.
2: <laughs> really? <laughs>
3: Don't you That's think, such... Mike, Separate Ways is awesome? Yeah. No. Really? I, I,
2: just mean...
3: got a, I just got a text from our morning guy. Yeah, yeah what, what did he, he say? say? Kenny,
4: he said, this is so sad. He said, "What? <laughs> this is so sad. All the
3: people that are dead. Oh, really? Okay.
2: Wait, the second sad or all right, was that? So,
3: Steve Perry.
2: Steve Perry. He's, he's alive.
3: He's alive, right? Oh, yeah, sure he is. But he, but he doesn't sing with the band anymore. That's why they had to get that right, other kid right. from Brazil or something to go on tour with them. He was right. awesome, right? So he's alive, right, Mike? Alive. All right, it's alive. Okay, Very nice. Good. Okay, what about? Um, okay, you love Barry White. Oh, I love Barry White. Right, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: Is he? Is he really? Oh, Barry White! Is he in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? He, he should has be. to be. Good, but it's not rock and roll.
3: Yeah, I know. But like I said, if John James Taylor's in there, it's not like we're worried about Barry White.
2: Poor Barry White. Barry White died young. Yeah,
3: I mean he's not alive. He's dead. No. Not at all. No. All right.
2: You know the? Uh, you ever watch the TV show Counting Cars? No, uh, that's a great show. It's like you know, um, on the History Channel, and these guys go out and they find old cars and they rehab them and stuff. Barry White's widow came in with a car that he gave her, and they redid the car. Please
3: tell me it was a super cool car. Oh,
2: it was fabulous. It had car. to be
3: because Barry White was like yeah. the coolest. It was like
2: some person. I think it was like an, like a Buick Riviera, like some, and they like made it all tricked out.
3: Did he have the best attitude in music history, Barry
2: White? I mean, I he love had
3: it. he
2: sure did yeah he was a gigantic you know
3: i I was just listening to fred hammond the other night yeah and he's not in the rock and roll of fame uh but fred hammond also has such attitude when he sings and as i was listening to him i thought you know what there's a little bit of barry white in there Mm, there's a little bit of barry white
2: is there there's nobody even close to like a barry white sound out there now is there because that's one of a kind i don't think so yeah but poor barry okay are we done with this segment? I mean,
3: I feel like we've talked about it enough. I mean, all right, dead or alive.
2: Okay. So, well, our fingers are crossed for those who are inducted into. I don't the Hall know of Fame. if our fingers are crossed. Oh, we're are hoping. Your fingers
3: crossed. Yeah. My fingers aren't crossed for uh,
2: Depeche Mode
3: or uh, Nine Inch Nails. I like Depeche Mode.
7: John and I are grateful for the encouragement
3: we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
2: You've all helped build MyPillow and the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on on my pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, My Pillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all My Pillows. That's right, buy one My Pillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all My Pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's My Pillows way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all My Pillow products including the buy one get one free for all My Pillows enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials that's 800-391-0954 or mypillow.com promo code word
1: once upon a time customers would find your business with this big thick book full of phone numbers and competitors phone numbers it was a heavy (laughs) cumbersome yellowish looking thing You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers.
7: Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma. Here's to progress.
2: You like wind chimes? I love them. Do you really? Yes. Do you have wind chimes in your house? Yes.
13: uh, Really? Yes.
2: Well, there is a story. Uh, from England, mm-hmm. where there is a woman who is so annoyed by her neighbor's wind chimes that she is screaming whenever they are blowing in the wind. So much so, she is, she's claiming emotional distress and is ready to, and is in the process of suing the neighbor. Come on. To take the wind chimes Come on. down.
3: How small is your life?
2: No, no, no. Listen. Um, I don't have wind chimes, but, uh, if I had wind chimes, if my neighbor had wind chimes, then I would have to endure that every time the wind blows, I have to endure listening to them.
3: Why what, do you say endure? What if I don't it's like It's a lovely them? sound. No,
2: it's just more sound. I, I would like to have silence. Why do I have to endure that? My guess is now with our neighbors, now you and I, th- their houses are closed. The windows are closed. So right. I'm anti-wind chimes. So,
3: so leave my wind chimes alone. I love my wind chimes. In fact, I'm thinking of getting a second set.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah,
3: I like it.
0: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group